Keep your Bibles open to Luke chapter 2, please. We will keep referring back to this passage of Scripture as we meditate, rejoice, think about Christmas according to the shepherds. Let's pause for a moment and ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we rejoice today together. We are still reflecting on Christmas, even though the holiday has passed. The meaning has not passed. And as the Advent devotion reminded us, Christ is ever-present before you with our very names as his people before your presence. And so Christmas just continues for us as believers So we look back at this story today, and it's a familiar story. We have read it. We have heard it. We have watched it dramatized. We have sang about it. And and we've seen uh, nativity scenes. We're very familiar, Father, with the story. But all of the familiarity, Lord, does does nothing in, in reality to take away from the wonder and the marvel of what occurred on that first Christmas when the Son of God left the portals of glory and entered into creation as a baby. It is an absolute marvel. And so help us, Lord, today as we walk through this passage together to, as your people, again, be in awe and in wonder of the grace, of the saving grace of God to come and rescue us in such a way, the only way that would work, the only way we could be rescued the only path of redemption was for that Christ would take on that tender brow to be scorned, sent to save us. Teach us and speak to us, Father, in in fresh and new ways as we gather around this great story one more time. And we're going to give you the praise for what you accomplish in our hearts today. In Christ's name, amen. One of the things I've enjoyed through the years during Christmas time is to watch Christmas movies and especially with our children as they were younger and introducing them to some of the great Christmas movies and funny Christmas movies and just enjoying that time together. And I don't know if it's because I'm a pastor or not, but the one thing that's kind of always interested me and kind of always catches my ear is when Hollywood attempts to describe Christmas. 
Now, for example, one of, one of my all-time favorite Christmas personalities is, without a doubt, Clark Griswold. Now, my family, I don't know why, but my family says I'm Clark Griswold. I, I, I mean, I realize we both love to sing loud and silly when no one's around but our family. We, we both get upset when we encounter knuckleheads on the road. Um, we both make huge expectation plans that uh, we seem to mess up and no one can fulfill. We've both wrestled reindeer in the yard before, um, but I don't know why they compare me to uh, Clark. But he missed the message of Christmas. He says, Martin was talking about the Christmas star earlier, he says the Christmas star means something different to everyone. Well, Clark, that's wrong. The Christmas star means the Savior is born. Now, the Grinch does a little better, doesn't he? He does a little better than Clark. He says, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. Well, that's at least headed in the right direction, right? But that's not it either. It's Linus, isn't it? Oh, Linus from the Charlie Brown Christmas. He gets it right. When Charlie Brown yells, can, can anybody tell me the true meaning of Christmas? Linus quotes this passage from Luke 2. So I was thinking about that as I was preparing the message, and I thought maybe I'd title the message a, a Charlie Brown Christmas or a Linus Christmas. But in recent years, we've, we've looked at Christmas from the perspective of Simeon. We've looked at Christmas from the perspective of Anna. We've looked at Christmas from the perspective of the angel in this passage. Today, we look at Christmas from the perspective of these shepherds. And the first thing that I want us to take close note of, and maybe this is a point that we really haven't given much attention to throughout the years is number one, they were not looking for Christ that night. And I want to explain what I mean by that. In, in verse 8, the Bible says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Somewhere on the, on the outskirts of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. In other words, they were doing what shepherds do. They were about their daily, routine, often mundane business of simply keeping sheep. This was their vocation. This was their livelihood. This was their day-to-day. They were shepherds, and so we find them shepherding. Now think about that. That's happening in in verse 8. And verse 7 has already happened. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. The greatest, most magnificent, wondrous, glorious, history-changing event up until that point had quietly unfolded 
just down the way, just walking distance from where they were. And in verse 8, they had no idea that the prince of glory was lying in a manger just a walk away. It was totally unknown to them that down in Bethlehem, the Son of God had come down to earth. To use the words of the song we've just heard from the choir, the the long-awaited Messiah had wrapped our injured flesh around him to breathe our air and walk our sod, to rob our sin and make us holy. The perfect Son of God. But up until verse 9, for these shepherds, it was just another night. Imagine that. God has been born to save us from our sins just down the road. And, and for them, it's, it's just another night of watching sheep. For them, that night, it was, it was the same tonight as it had been every other night. But little did they know that there was nothing about this night that was the same as every other night. There was, this night would, there would never be another night like this night. But for them, they're just living through another day. They're just walking through another night of keeping watch over their flock. But God, from their perspective, it's just another night. But God was doing something great, something secret, something quiet. But something that would change them forever. So here's the application for us today as I'm... As I I was thinking about these shepherds this week, in, in the mundane of life, in the busyness of life, in the routine of life, in the heaviness and darkness at times of life, in the joyous occasions of life, just in life in general, when it, when it seems to us to just be the, the same old thing, the same old grind, remember the shepherds. God is at work all around us every day. He's working behind the scenes. He's, he often works quietly and secretly. Sometimes his glory explodes on the hillside. But the work that God is doing each and every day all around us and for us and with us is monumental, life-changing, Sustaining, keeping, saving. These shepherds were simply keeping sheep, but God was sending his son to save these shepherds. Imagine that. Take that in. To them, it was just another night, but that was the night that Christ came to save them. To save them. 
at the end of every day, when it, when it seems to us, you know, we, it's been a busy day, there's been surprises, there's been uh, uh, things that interrupt our schedule, interrupt our plans, we've had a busy day, we've had a hectic day, we're tired, we're worn out, it, we come to the end of the day, it seems to us like it's just been another day, but it has not been just another day. Because throughout that day, throughout every day, God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never takes his eyes off of us. He's always working, always moving, always bringing about his will. Christ is forever Remember our Advent devotion this morning. He is forever presenting your name before the Father in heaven each and every day. His mercies are new every morning. His wonders are throughout every day. He is doing something wonderful in the same region. I love that passage in verse 8. In the same region, just right down the way, there were some shepherds. In the very same region of your life, of of your world, around your life, and for your life, God is at work marvelously, miraculously sustaining and keeping and, and preserving you for his glory. You see, when we first see these shepherds, they were not looking for Christ. They were simply watching sheep. Going through the day. But the second thing we see is Christ was looking for them. They were not looking for Christ, but Christ was looking for them. The Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Don't miss that. An angel who served the very Lord of heaven was sent with a message to them. Out of all the places, out of all the people, the angel appeared to them. They weren't seeking Jesus, but Jesus was seeking them. And he sent an angel their way. All of a sudden, the brilliant, breathtaking glory of God shone all around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. They didn't start singing jingle bells, you know, or something like that. They were absolutely frightened to the core. They thought they were done, they thought they were finished. Such a sudden sky-filled display of glory. They were speechless. Their hearts were pounding in fear. They thought they were surely going to die. It was so, so much glory all of a sudden. They didn't believe they could take it. But the angel, the Bible says the angel not only appeared to them, and what a, what a wonder that is, right, to have an angel appear to you. But the angel not only appeared to them, the Bible says the angel spoke. 
spoke to them. Wow. Now we go a, a, a mile of a step further, right? Here's the angel appearing in brilliant, breathtaking, sky-lighting glory. But now the angel starts talking to, to them, addressing them. Can you imagine that? A messenger of Jehovah. An angel from the very presence of God with a message specifically for these guys that they're just out there keeping sheep. They're not doing anything really in the world that the world would say makes a difference. They're not one, they're not one of those Bethlehem stars But, the, but God sends a message to them, and what a glorious message it was, right? And the, the first thing he says is, fear not. So he calms, their, calms them down, fear not. In other words, you don't have to be afraid. I know it's natural to be afraid. You see an angel show up in might and power and the glory of God all all around him and and you will be filled with fear but the angel says you you don't have to be afraid yes i come from the highest of heavens and you are the lowliest of the earth but you don't have to be afraid i haven't i haven't been sent to judge or destroy the angel says i've been sent to bring you remember who he's addressing good news this isn't news of your demise. Now, that's what they expected. They're keeping sheep. Boom! The skies light up. There's an angel. They think, oh, we're gone. I'm not here to give you a message of your demise. I'm here to give you a message of your salvation. Boy, that's good news. If you're, if you're a shepherd and you think you're getting ready to die any second, you don't move, you don't talk, and he says, oh, I got good news for you. You say, oh, well, this is the gospel the angel gives, isn't it? And it's such good news that the angel says this will be great joy for all the people. That's a wondrous thing. He's talking to the shepherds. He's talking to people in Bethlehem that nobody really recognizes, nobody really cares about until they want some wool no, nobody really thinks about he's talking to them and he says i'm going to tell you something that's going to make the whole world happy that's a marvel that's a marvel In other words, the content of this good news is so wonderful that even though it begins with these lowly shepherds, it's going to spread like wildfire to the ends of the earth. It's for all the people. Someone says good news travels fast. In other words, the angel is saying, what I'm, what I'm getting ready to tell you is going to be told, this news that I tell you is going to be told over and over and over and over. And every time it's told, there's going to be joy, joy, joy until it goes to the ends of the earth and all the peoples have rejoiced in it. 
What is this good news? Listen to the angel proclaim the gospel to these shepherds. In this one verse, here's the gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There's the good news. There's the good news of such great joy, the content of which, the implication of which is such great joy that this news is not going to stop until all the people have rejoiced in it. Every tribe, every nation, every language. For unto you is born this day. Wait a minute, that's just what Isaiah 9, 6 promised, isn't it? You might have had it on your Christmas card. You've probably read it on someone else's Christmas card this season. For to us a child is born. In the city of David. Wait a minute. That's, that's just what Micah 5, 2 promised, isn't it? O Bethlehem, from you shall come forth one who is to be ruler. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Wait a minute. That's just what Isaiah 53, 12 promised, isn't it? That he would bore, he, he bore the sins of many and he intercedes for the transgressors. He saves sinners. He takes away their sin. He's a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wait a minute, that's just what Isaiah 7, 14 promised, isn't it? The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This is the good news. The promised Messiah has come. God has wrapped our flesh around him and entered into this fallen creation. But that's just the first part of the good news, isn't it? That Messiah has come. The promised Messiah is here and he is the Savior. That's just the first part of the good news. Now, for the second part of the good news, let's think about these shepherds. Christmas according to the shepherds. These aren't kings. These are, these are nobodies. They don't have clout or status. They don't have followers. They keep sheep. They're not the movers and shakers and influencers of Judea. They are shepherds. Listen to this. They will reside their entire lives on the bottom rung of the social ladder. To this day, even with their story recorded in Scripture, we don't even know their names. But look what Christ did for a group of nameless shepherds first thing verse 9 an angel appeared to them 
Verse 10, an angel spoke to them. Now, angels don't speak often. Angels don't speak to everybody. But an angel spoke to them in verse 10. In verse 10, the angel said to them, I bring you, talking to these shepherds, I bring you good news. Verse 11, unto you, shepherds, unto you is born this day. Can you imagine that? For shepherds. This is the group of people that you pass by and you don't even realize they're standing there. But an angel comes and says, unto you, the greatest event in history up until that point is for you. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. Don't want you to miss this. This will be a sign for you guys. Look at what Christ did for them. Here's the point. If Christ will open heaven to a group of nameless shepherds, he will open heaven for you. If Christ will seek shepherds and turn them into saints, he will do the same for you. And that's the second half of the good news. The promised Messiah has come as a Savior to save sinners. To save sinners. You see, sin, that's why the angel shows up to shepherds. Because they're sinners just like the rest of Bethlehem is sinners. Just like the rest of Judea. Just like the rest. That's why it's joy to the whole world. Because the whole world... Are sinners. Sin is not restricted to one ethnic group or to one social class. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's you. That's me. We've all sinned and, and, and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is the universal human condition and therefore the gospel, the good news, is for all the people. And great joy to those who embrace it. Rich and poor, slave and free, man and woman, Jew and Gentile, the up and coming and the down and out. That's you. That's me. Christ has come to seek and save the lost. That's Christmas according to the shepherds. So now finally we see In the story of these shepherds, now they have a story to tell. Now they have a story to tell. And we see that in verses 15 through 20. The angel told the shepherds the good news of the birth of the Savior. And then the angel, joined with a multitude of heavenly hosts, began to praise God. The shepherds ended up kind of doing the same thing. The shepherds go and tell the good news, and and then they praise God. Look with me, beginning in verse 15. When, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. It was told them, and, and, and the good news was told to them, and they went with haste, and they saw it for themselves. And then they began to tell others. And then they praised God. You see, my friends, the shepherds that we meet in verse 8, they're not the same shepherds in verse 20. They're not the same. In verse 8, they were just keeping sheep. In verse 20, they are glorifying and praising God for the most wondrous news ever. The most wondrous event ever that was told them. That they have seen. They heard something wonderful. They went and saw something wonderful, and they were never the same. I look back and I think, you know, that the same was true for me. December the 27th, 1987, I finally heard the gospel, not with my ears, but with my heart. I finally saw Christ, not with my eyes, but by faith. And I have a story to tell of what has been told to me. The same is true for you who are in Christ today. One day you were going about your own business. You were doing your own routine. It might have been a Sunday. It might not have been a Sunday. But you were just living your life. And all of a sudden God sent the good news to you, spoke to you, addressed you in your sin, in your state and need of a Savior. And you saw Christ and His glory and His grace and His mercy. And you've never been the same since. We've never been perfect, but we've never been the same. And now we ought to follow these shepherds every day to go and tell others what has been told to us and return here every Sunday. Corporate worship on Sunday is for this. For, for us, part of it is for us to return here and praise and glorify God together for what's been told to us and what we have seen and what we have shared with others. Clark and Grinch, they missed it, didn't they? Linus got it right. Christmas is about Christ. Christmas is about the good news. Christmas means a Savior has been born for you, for me. If you are a sinner and you recognize that you need a Savior, 
The message of Christmas is the greatest message you'll ever hear. Because God met that need, your greatest need, in a manger in Bethlehem, the true treasure of heaven. And that's why we sing. The angel said, this is great joy for all the people. That's why we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you that Luke 2 is not just another made-up story. That Luke 2 is history, that Luke 2 is redemptive salvation in real time, that Luke 2 is Christmas. If we took away everything, everything that gets in the way, all, all, of, the, all of the things that we do that oftentimes keeps us so busy, we miss Christmas. If we took all of that away, Christmas would still be Christmas because Christ has come. Christ has come. The good news is that a Savior has been born. The good news for the world, the good news for Every person sitting in this sanctuary today, the good news is that a Savior has been born because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. So may today we who are in Christ rejoice in you as never before. And and if there's someone gathered with us today without Christ... May today be the day that they embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior and find life and salvation and Christmas in Him. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch, P67 Missions. Again, thank you for listening to Will Owens.